May the fourth be with you. Oh yeah, yeah, that's today. Yeah, uh, sure is. And and also with you. So we, is that how it works? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's actually and with your spirit, but. <laughs> That's right. They changed it. They changed it. <laughs> what What are you doing to celebrate today? Uh, I watched the new uh, Star Wars biomes that's on Disney Plus. What? What is this? <laughs> is this a joke? No, this is real. It's a uh, It's an eighteen minute video uh, on Disney Plus in the Star Wars section. Check it out. Um, and it's basically just like drone shots of landscapes in the Star Wars universe. So they got like Hoth, and they got like that little town where the where uh, Mando helps a little village, uh, and it's just like cool landscapes. And like once in a while, like a like a fighter jet will fly by or something. And it's just like you know, nice little background uh, ambiance. You know that sounds really cool. It's like plant, planet Earth, but for Star Wars. It, it actually was kind of cool. I, th- there were a couple times where I felt like it was a little too busy. Where it's like, okay, you know, I don't want to see four ships fly by maybe one you know and there were i think there was one shot that was like tatooine and you could see c3po and r2d2 walking along the sand you know and it's not like up close it's just like a distance because it's like a drone shot you know but i felt like mm, no nah, i kind of think it's a little too on the nose i kind of wish it didn't have you know as many ships or didn't have characters from the movies in it i kind of wish it was just the scenery you know mm-hmm. um Anyway, but no, other than that, it was it was pretty good. I, I almost wish, like, oh, boy, I, I wish it was, like, a full hour. I would, like, put it on, like, the TV yeah, in the background. 18, 18 minutes, that's nothing, when you consider all the places they could shoot. Exactly. I, I, I totally agree. So, uh, but, yeah, I thought that was a cool little thing they they put out. But uh, other than that, I didn't I didn't really do anything. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to check this out tomorrow. Uh, I watched the uh, original trilogy today. Oh, um, no kidding. And, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I, I I had some thoughts on it. This is this is the first time I've ever watched the special editions. I mean, this this is only oh the second time I've ever God, seen Star Wars, right? Because the first time you watched it, you and it was I with you, right? And we watched the despecialized Harmy despecialized. Oh wow, wow! What was that like? So I I had no idea how bad it was going to be. <laughs> this I mean, is I, why I told you. I, I I only did this because I was like, look, I'm just, I'm sort of just putting these on in the background for today. I don't care a ton, um, and I'm not going to go to the work to get the right version for something I'm going to watch in the background. Let me just throw on the Disney Plus versions. And so, my clunky. Like, I'm sure, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure there's so much more that I would notice if I was like paying attention to the movie and actually watching all of it right but there's still just some bad stuff that's like oh, like they walk out of the bar in tatooine and han solo starts talking to job of the hut who's there and he's just walking along with cgi job of the hut it's like what the hell is happening here <laughs> it's so bizarre and then the, and, yeah because that's, that's uh, not in the original movie you know that no yeah. no of course not <laughs> i know i know i knew that yeah I, I know, like, a lot of the differences are with, like, the color schemes and stuff like that, which I didn't notice a ton of. Yeah. Um, but then, like, there's the scene in Return of the Jedi with uh, where where they have, like, that musical number in the middle of the movie. Oh, my God. It's like, it's like they just <laughs> threw in, like, a animated Disney scene where, like, oh, we got to have our musical number. It's it, com- it took me completely out of the movie, and I wasn't even watching it. Wait, really. I'm not actually sure what you're 
what you're referring to. I thought you meant like the cantina, like the band with like the aliens playing instruments. Is that what you mean? No, no, that's good. No, in Return of the Jedi, there's a whole nother added scene where in Jabba the Hutt's palace or whatever you want to call it is, in his place, a band starts playing in this woman alien starts singing a song okay. and it goes on for a couple minutes i think i think that i okay yeah i think i do know what you're talking about and it's all like cgi characters right yeah yeah and it looks really it's bad. so bad yeah and it's it's also it, it doesn't add anything at all to the story i have right. no idea why it's there right okay so I, I, was I, I was just imagining like what <laughs> just imagine like at the at the avengers party in age of ultron they're all hanging out and for no reason they just like had three minutes of a band just playing a song and that's what the movie was for three minutes like it's just so weird it's so bizarre yeah that would have been that would have been very strange how about uh the added shot at the end of return of the jedi when they when they win the day or whatever and they add in the shot of of people like celebrating on coruscant <laughs> oh i don't think i noticed that one um I'll, what what pissed me off more was hayden christensen's showing I know, up that i know was, that's because like if, then if you watch the movies four five six one two three you get to the end of six and you're like who's this guy like <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and i love and i love that george's defense is like well that's the version of anakin that's the last time that like he was a good guy that's like the last good version of him so that's why i put hating christians and it's like george have you seen the movie Episode six ends with him becoming a good guy again to defeat the emperor. Right. What are you talking about? Like it's it's crazy. I mean that that's like the the storytelling reason why it should be the original actor. But I also just feel bad, like on a personal level level for the original actor that he cut his the one time that he got to be in the movie, like full body <laughs> him on screen. He just cut that out. Right, it's so rude. <laughs> right yeah it's 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 very strange yeah i i i know about some of the changes and i've seen like little clips of the special editions and things that are added and i i follow that twitter account um like it's called like star wars comparisons or something and and it's the whole twitter account is just comparing the original theatrical release of the original trilogy to the special editions and how things have changed over time that's the whole twitter account and so I'm aware of some of the changes, but I've never actually sat down and, and watched it. And it, it it's for reasons like that. It's like, I don't think I could stomach it. <laughs> no, it, it it really makes it significantly worse. I think it's that bad. <sighs> but yeah, I'm not doing that again. I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to get the, the good versions from you next time. And I mean, just just think about when I show these to my kids. <laughs> like I, I, I couldn't live with myself if I showed them these versions. Right, exactly. Exactly. And it it doesn't help that there's like five special editions for each movie, right? Yeah, it's it's a lot. Well, because there's like the there's the 1997 special edition, which is like the first big one. And then I believe with every DVD and Blu-ray release, they've changed something. And I think the thing that's unique about the, the version that's on Disney Plus is it's it's like a, the first time that the original negatives were like rescanned since 97. I th- I think that's the story is that like they did a scan of the negatives in 97 to make the the 1997 special editions and then all the special editions since then were just modified versions of that. But then when they put it on Disney Plus, people who are, you know, are 
much more tuned into this than I am, like the Star Wars visual comparisons Twitter account guy. Um, they, people started to notice, like, no, 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 this is it. This is a new scan. This is not the original 1997 uh, digital scan that's been modified. This is a whole new thing. And what I think what people figured out is that um, prior to Disney buying Lucasfilm, they were remastering the original trilogy to do like a 3D re-release in like 4K or 8K or something like that. And uh, I guess they finished it but never released it or something. So that's the version that they put on Disney+. And even prior to them doing it, Disney was like, oh, no, we're putting – it's it's going to be – it's not like a new version or anything. It's just going to be the same version from the Blu-ray. And they put it up on Disney+, and people, were, people noticed – this is not what's on the Blu-ray. This is a, this is a new thing now. And even Disney themselves were like, "Wait, it, it's different." That I don't like. Even Disney didn't know. Like, it's <laughs> that's that's even funnier. To me. Yeah, they they have you know, no. Who's it. doing these? Yeah, it's it's crazy. So you know, so now it's it's they they there was like a. I remember like when when this was first being discovered, and that people were like making charts and graphs to explain the different versions and where they came from. It's oh it's God. ridiculous. Yeah, it's really funny. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna link to the Star Wars visual comparisons uh, Twitter account because it's 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 actually kind of interesting to see what what they've changed over the years. Sometimes it's minor, and sometimes it's like major things. Yeah, yeah. The the major ones are the most frustrating, but even, yeah. even some of the minor ones, they like create plot holes. Like R two D two being behind that wall for no reason. How did he get in there? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that it, yeah. Because it's like in the original, it's like he just like hides in like a crevice in this like the side of a rock or something. But in mm-hmm. the special editions, they like digitally put in like another rock in front of him to make him more hidden. Yeah. Right. But then it's like, well, wait. How did he get in and out of the little <laughs> hole? Then it doesn't make like. Yeah, you're right. It's funny. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I feel like there's a, there's a lot of examples you could point to about, like, look how dangerous the internet can be um, with, like, hive mind and just people saying whatever they want and people believing things. And I feel like, obviously not the most dangerous example of this, but, like, the one that makes the most sense to me of, like, how people can just believe something so ridiculous is how, like the Star Wars fans, some of them have deranged themselves into thinking that the prequels were good movies. Like <laughs> these these people were just manipulated by fake news and misinformation online and think that these movies were somehow good. And it's obviously not a problem that they like these movies, but like that's that's the one example I can think of that's clear cut, like this is what the internet does to people sometimes. That's that's that I love how beautifully you connected that you connected Star Wars and like <laughs> online misinformation. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know. I, 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 feel, I feel like this is something that happens to me a lot. Like I get in arguments with these like people who love the prequel so much and I just like – it's just so bizarre to me. And that's a good example because it's like non-political. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this, is, this is what happens when you go down these YouTube rabbit holes. You you somehow convince yourself that these were good movies i i, I think i I, it, I just realized it watching in uh like episode five today like yoda's talking about the force versus obi-wan saying there's midichlorians in his blood like it's just so <laughs> it's so soulless he sent blood over the internet <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's, no, it's really bad. No, I, I, uh, I agree, and you make you make a good point. I, I have gone on Letterbox and I have tried to read like high rated reviews of 
the prequel movies. And I feel like every time I read them, I, I, they're not explaining what it is they like about it. They're not telling me what's good. Mm-hmm. Or, or it's either that or people are talking about all the good and interesting ideas that are inside of the movie. And, I, <laughs> right. and, I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I, I can agree with you. This is a good idea. It's poorly executed. Like that's mm-hmm. horrible. That, uh, horrifically executed so i mean that's that's always been the, the frustration to me is like are do you grade movies and we'll probably get into this later with our spoiler slot but like do you grade movies based on like what they're trying to do and like what are the ideas in them no i think in my view you grade them like based on how well they successfully pull off what they're trying to, to do mm-hmm. what what they're going for yeah. and and you could have the most brilliant ideas in the world, but if you can't if you can't execute it in a way that is enjoyable and makes sense, then it, you know it's 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 worthless. It's it's next to worthless. I mean, I you know, and people come up with these crazy theories about like, well, how did Palpatine know that Padme had died? And and the answer is because is because oh he was slowly killing her with the force because they said earlier in the movie that the force can give and take life from people so that's you know it is and then it's like okay that's that would be an interesting idea if it was in the movie you know what i mean like it's like it's not in there though right right, exactly like it it would have to be uh what is the word set up in some way like it's Mm -hmm. it's so it's crazy so no she just dies because she's sad i mean that's that's what the movie tells you Right. God, I wish there was a way they could undo that. I wish there I cuz Natalie Portman having her own like Star Wars series as Padme, I think that would rule. Maybe. Like she's cool in the Clone Wars. Oh, in the Okay, I haven't seen those, but I mean, it's canon. It's canon. I've I've seen two seasons of it and the episodes with Padme, she's actually kind of cool. Yeah. And she can actually do some stuff. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I can give I can give credit to something for being ambitious and like give it a little bit of respect for like that's a cool idea. And I th- I mean like the the overarching like story and ideas for the prequels are pretty interesting. Like that's a, that's a really cool story about how these people were in power and someone came from underneath them and got the power and like kicked them out and completely changed the universe like that's interesting that's a great idea it just fails on countless levels it's so bad and i i, I talk to these people who love the prequels and they're like and i'll ask them i was like i, I say to them like these movies are unwatchable to me like, at, <laughs> at least like the two the first two at least they're unwatchable to me I'm like when when was the last and because i watched them as an adult for the first time and i said when was the last time you watched these movies and they say oh i don't know i was probably like eight or nine i'm like exactly you watch you watch some youtube videos that said here's what's good about the prequels which there are a couple good things i guess and then you just <laughs> took that and ran with it you haven't seen the movies in years especially as an adult so this actually reminds me of an interesting question for you Watching the special editions of the original trilogy, which you have now done, and I vow to never do. Good for you. (laughs) Thank you. Does it seem – do those versions of the movies seem more similar to the prequels as you know them? Um. I guess just a little bit, just in in terms of like the CGI characters that show up a lot of the time – 
just just to like it it does seem like it's trying to appeal to little kids more in that way so in in that respect i see it but not a ton of other ways because it doesn't doesn't change the story a ton you know right that's fair i I just remember i guess i think it's i guess an old episode of hello internet when when gray talked about about accidentally watching a special edition and (laughs) he said something about how he 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 said like oh i could i could sort of see how if you saw this special edition of the original movies and compared it to the pre- i could see how there's a similarity here and if you didn't know better or if this were the only two thing you, things you had seen it w- th- these two things seem like they might be more in tune and connected to each other um but again that would you know that's only that would be like someone who only grew up watching the special editions and also growing up watching the prequels, I could, you know, I don't know. I, there might, I don't know, maybe there's something there, but that's, that's why mm-hmm. I wanted your take on it. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, the other thing is, like, like, the prequels, I don't know why we're talking about this so much, but, like, the, but like the, <laughs> the, to me, like, the centralized story of, like, the prequels is trying to tell is, like, how did Anakin become Darth Vader? Right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the story. That's the, basically the story they have to tell. And do they tell, tell that story successfully? I don't think so. I would argue no. Right? And one of the things that I, th- I remember watching the prequels the first time, I think one of the things that surprised me the most was all this stuff about the Senate and the Galactic Republic. And watching him, watching the prequels, I realized like, oh, this is not just like the Darth Vader origin story. This is like the origin story of the Emperor and the Empire and Stormtroopers. Like it's the origin story of like everything yeah it creates a ton of lore right but i kind of think like i don't want like i'm i'm not watching this i don't really care how the empire can, i don't really care that there used to be a democracy with a senate and now it's an empire that's like addicted i don't really care about that i care about how anakin became darth vader like i don't i don't actually want to see all that backstory and all that lore or don't make it so important i don't know i just feel like maybe the prequels would be better if if they like like imagine a version of the prequels where it's like oh no the empire already exists and you know the senate has fall already fallen or whatever and this is just a story of a young man who rises up at, through the ranks of this already oppressive regime like you know like mm-hmm. forget about all the all the i don't need the whole backstory of the entire galaxy it's too you much you want the trade embargo storyline no, surprisingly, no. I'm not interested in that. I know that's that's shocking. <laughs> my my favorite, one of my favorite like criticisms of the prequels uh, is, was John Syracuse on the Incomparable talking about Episode Two and like how the first line of the scroll in Episode Two is like the Galactic Senate is in chaos or something stupid like that and he's like i don't even get a sentence to think that this movie is going to be good i don't even get a line like immediately <laughs> galactic senate this movie's going to suck <laughs> get away from that it's about it's about the characters no one cares about this senate <laughs> yeah let's see what what is what is the opening line? oh god why don't don't make me watch a video I just, <laughs> what about what about the opening line of episode three war war <laughs> I will say I do like episode three, but like barely. I barely <laughs> like it. Okay, so the first sentence of episode two, Attack of the Clones, there is unrest in the Galactic Senate. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's terrible. Several thousand solar systems have declared their intentions to leave the Republic. 
Right. And now I, I remember I remember Blank Check, you know, which started as a as a prequels analysis podcast. Um their first episode they talk about the crawl of episode one, which is uh episode one the Phantom Menace. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. Okay? And and they're and they're and they're kinda talking about it like Turmoil. Okay, t- turmoil. Okay, cool. That could be that could be cool. The Galactic Republic. What is that? Could be interesting. And then the next sentence is the taxation of trade routes to <laughs> outlying star systems is in dispute. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. I so there's so there's outlying star systems, and then there, that means there's inlying star systems, and there there's trade going between them, and so they have to be t- taxed on. I could see how there could be some dispute. Now it's an economics lesson. Right now it's an economics lesson. <laughs> oh, God. it's it's very and then and then there's of course the famous thing of like of like well no these are movies for kids and then I mean this is just this is just this is what I think is so funny about the Mister Plinkett uh, Red Letter Media reviews where it's like a clip of George talking about how the movies are for kids and then then like smash cut to just talking about trade in the Senate just standing in front of a room. <laughs> like it's like it's really this is for, are you sure this is for kids. Because it seems really boring. <laughs> I, mean, I, I love the the lines where he's like, well, I think people just grew up watching the original trilogy. And then when they were older and watched the prequels, they realized that they were kids movies. But the way he says it, he's like, he the people just realized that the movies were bad the whole time. That's what he's saying, basically. They've always <laughs> been bad and you'll only enjoy them as kids. <laughs> That's sort of the argument he makes, which... Is hilarious. He doesn't. I mean, what 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 other people say all the time is he doesn't know what makes Star Wars good, right? I, he, right. He doesn't understand what people like about the original about the original Star Wars. Uh, you know, but it's when he says that it's almost like he's making the argument that like, oh, I'm not trying to make good movies. I'm just trying to make movies that like little kids <laughs> like. Who cares if they're good? Right. You know what exactly. I mean? It's like it's it, it's like it's like when when someone would like take like a really dumb like stupid animated. 3d animated like kids movie not like a pixar but like something dumb with just like fart jokes in it and you'll see like a serious movie critic give it like five stars and they're like what do you want it's a dumb kids movie it's for kids it does its job like what do you mean what what do you you know what i mean like it kind of reminds me of that i I don't i think the whole i don't i don't know how much we want to keep going about star wars but i mean obviously i think the biggest thing that created this new wave of people loving it is just the sequels and while those movies have plenty of flaws they they have way less flaws than the prequels i agree i agree and and um it it kind of actually reminds me of what i liked about I, I heard this story and i don't think i've said this on the podcast i think i just said this to friends but i heard this i've heard this story that when kathleen kennedy took over star wars uh you know when disney bought them and everything uh, she went to George Lucas and she said, you know, what is Star Wars? What is it about? You know, and George Lucas said, oh, well, you know, it's like the hero's journey. And it's like, you know, it's like from, you know, weakness to strength. And it's about a kid who doesn't really have any learns to be a someone awesome, you know, like and he does that whole thing. And there, and and Kathleen Kennedy was like, no, 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 I don't mean like literal. I don't mean literally what is the story? I mean, like what it like thematically, what is it about? And he's like, oh, well, you know, it's about becoming a hero and, like, you know, becoming strong and learning powers and stuff. And and she's like, okay, okay, no, that's not what I want. Okay, George, 
different conversation. We're not talking about Star Wars anymore. What was going on in your life at the time that you made those movies? For, not, not the movie. What not? Don't talk, talk about the movies, but what was just going on in your life at the time? And he was like, oh, well, you know, I just felt like I was, like, trapped in a world, and I kind of wanted to escape and go move and be part, part of something bigger than myself. And then she was like, oh, that's Star Wars. Like, I, like, and again, I don't know how true that story is. It's kind of like a rumor, and it's maybe a little too narratively simple to actually be 100% accurate. But, like, I like that idea that, like, someone who is now in, you know, running the whole thing took the time out to try to understand uh, what Star Wars actually is thematically. And I also think it's interesting that George Lucas doesn't seem to understand that Star Wars is like him expressing himself. Like that's, 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 that's fascinating to me. Right. Yeah, he's such a weird person. Oh my God, what a <laughs> lunatic. I, I also, I, great George Lucas impression. I thought that was spot on. I loved it. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really known for my impressions, but... Uh, right, right. <laughs> you got some good ones. You want to hear what I did today? I would love for to. For what I'm planning on doing. I have decided that I'm going to sell my Xbox 360 and all of the games that I own. Interesting. Okay, talk to me about this. What went into this decision? I, I've just been like looking at these games. They they sit in the same spot in my living room, and I always say like, "Oh, I'm just gonna keep these around because they're fun to play if like friends come over or something like that." There's some good games here, and like since I've had these games and like since since I adopted that mindset, I guess I've played them one time with one friend <laughs> over the course of like two years, basically. So I just can't justify having these anymore. And so I'm posting them on Facebook uh, for sale. I've got 12 games, an Xbox, a controller, all the cables and everything that you need. And I'm like, yeah, I'm done with this. If I could, if I could, make, if I could make $100, I'd be thrilled from this. I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit more than that just because I have no idea what this stuff is worth, honestly. So, Right. Yeah, I'm done. I'm moving on. Well, plus you already have a, a, a PS4, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I would assume, most of where you spend your time. Like, as far as when you're playing games on a console, that's where most of it's done. Oh, yeah. I never play on... I mean, I, I launched the 360 today, and I was like, oh, wow, the graphics are terrible in this thing. <laughs> Which shouldn't be a surprise, but still. Right, right. Are you are you planning on uh, getting, like, a PS5 or an Xbox X Series XY or whatever they're called? Or are you just, like... or is it Or is it more about, like, just... This thing is cluttering up my space, and I just take this out of here. Yeah, it's more so the clutter, clutter of it. And I I don't know. Be nice to be nice to earn some money. Just like, hey, I I got two hundred dollars for this thing that I was doing absolutely nothing with. Yeah, why not try to try to make a couple of bucks? That's about it. That was that was my first. uh, That was my first console. This very very same one. Oh, interesting. Yep. Yeah, besides besides handheld consoles, Game Boy or whatever, this is is the first one. We're parting ways. So how many um, how many games do you have for it? It's twelve games, and I think nine of them are sports games. <laughs> yeah, sounds about that's right. What I, that's what I was really into at that age. I'm looking on like eBay, and I'm seeing like Xbox 360 Elite console, 120 gigs. Here's one for like 85 bucks. Just the console. Just the console and like a controller. Gotcha. And there's some people who have like. Okay, so like this one's like 160 Xbox 360 slim white console bundle controller cables HDD five video games Microsoft. 
for one fifty nine ninety nine, and it's it says five games, but the picture has like a hundred and fifty games in the background. So I don't know what that means. Are they mm-hmm. selling all the game? Like I'm yeah. I mean, I'm, this is just me quickly browsing like eBay. Yeah, I, I was going through and I I, I wiped the system. Yeah, so I was like, before I saw it, and I don't think there's anything there, but I was like, might as well just wipe it. Right. Um, and so I did that, and I, I was like blown away by how little s- space and storage there is on the thing. I mean, I, it's ancient technology at this point, but the thing has three gigs of storage in it, like barely. And I was like, holy shit, Call of Duty is like 150 gigs, just the game alone. Right. It's 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 ridiculous how much this stuff has changed. Obviously, it's mostly because all of the stuff is digital now, whereas everything everything I have is a DVD. It's a, it's a physical game. It's right. Right. Oh, yeah. So here's Xbox 360 Slim Bundle with 12 games, $99. Here's Microsoft Xbox 360 White Console with two controllers, $77. So I don't know. It, to me, it seems like maybe maybe if you're shooting for like 100 bucks ish you know, that doesn't seem crazy to me. I, I threw it out for 200 thinking like, all right, this is a little much. Like, But may, maybe some idiot will bite on it. Uh, but – if 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 I don't get many bites on that, I'm gonna lower it down to like 150 and then 100 or something. Yeah, yeah. Here's Microsoft Xbox 360 console, 20 gigs, no controller, 50 bucks. Microsoft Xbox 360 S console model, 1439, untested, 50 bucks. At least, at least years work. You know years works. Right, right. Here's Microsoft Xbox 360 E HD, 500 gig console, black tested with controller model number 1538, 95 dollars. Very specific. Well, the the joke is that I'm reading the full SEO title of the <laughs> listing on eBay. Thank you for making me explain the joke. Of course, I didn't. I don't use eBay. I mean, I don't either. The I've only bought one thing on eBay ever in my life, and it was a couple months ago. What was it? It was a... Uh, <laughs> I bought a physical copy of Avengers Endgame. That's awesome. <laughs> That's but so cool. the reason I bought it on eBay is because the version that I bought is not something that you can buy brand new from like a retailer. <laughs> do you do you know what I got? You got to hear this. No, I have no idea where this is going. I bought a DVD copy of the movie. Okay. DVD. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because and, and and obviously you know me, I'm not big on like physical copies of things. I'd rather have it digitally. I think it's easier. And if I am going to have something physically, why would I want a DVD? I want the Blu-ray. It's higher quality, mm-hmm. right? So why did I buy a DVD physical copy of like one of my favorite movies? Right? I had had to have had like a blooper reel or something, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> there's there's nothing different about the movie itself. I bought it for the packaging. Because, oh my god because the packaging the, the the version of the movie that i got is the academy awards for your consideration copy of the movie wow so it's it's like the little cardboard like almost pamphlet that's just like it's really small. It's made out of like basically cardboard. It just holds the disc and has some pictures of the movie. And then on the back, it's it's like everything that it that they everything that the studio nominated the movie for. So like on the back it says like like for your consideration, best picture. Right. Now obviously it wasn't nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards, but they they put it up. They like submitted it to the Academy 
in like all these different categories and it's all listed on there and it's uh it's really cool like like you should in fact you should look up like avengers endgame uh academy screener that's what it's called it's called a screener i'm looking this up now was was did they nominate or attempt to nominate robert downey jr for best actor um they i get it, it looks like best supporting actor robert downey jr chris evans ruffalo hemsworth renner brolin rudd and Cheadle. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just sent all of them in. That's just hilarious. Put them put them all in there. But then it, I saw an this, interview. I have to say this cover is really cool. The white with Downey on the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'll put I'll put a picture in in notes. But yeah, it's 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 really cool. Um, but yeah, I saw an interview with with Downey where he said something about how he didn't want to be nominated or he asked not to so i don't i don't know about the specifics uh about that but it, it's it's on it's on the little pamphlet the little thing i got here so yeah that's really cool i'm happy that you have that yeah and it's like i'll never i'll never play it i'm it's not, like i'm never gonna do that right but it's just cool to like have and look at it, it just sits on my desk <laughs> yeah yeah no you, what, what's the ambient positivity generator whatever it's called yeah, something like that. What is what is the term? Now I don't remember. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the rectifs term, right? Right. Let's. I'm. Hold on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna find the actual. You're gonna be too upset. What do you mean? If you don't figure this out, ambient pleasure generator. Pleasure generators. Yeah, I like that. Okay, hold on. I'm. I'm linking this to you because this shows more. This has more images than maybe just the cover. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put this tweet into notes as well because this tweet shows uh, what it, what the screener actually looks like, and and so like the way you have to buy these is like you have to get them like on eBay or like one of those sites because they're not sent out to the public. Like te- technically, I don't think I'm supposed to have this right, but it's like people get these. Uh, I just I just that is that is hilarious. I hit the wrong <laughs> button. Um, now that I'm using PaySpot, I know what you did. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So just because I've already called it out, I it, I typed in my email address to the chat with Matt instead of typing in my little shortcut that posts whatever website I'm on. <laughs> uh, I have I have a, I have a little key, like you know how I do semicolon em for my email address. I have one that's semicolon f url, which is like front url. And it just takes the frontmost URL or whatever web page I'm on in Safari and types it in. And I just absentmindedly got those two keyboard shortcuts things, those two shortcuts confused. So I sent Matt my email instead of the link to the thing I was trying to send him because I'm an idiot. Yeah, this is this is really cool though. I, imagine if they, they nominated Brie Larson for Best Supporting Actress. She's got like <laughs> three minutes of screen time right, like that. Right, right that's awesome yeah she's she got like five minutes of screen time and like maybe eight lines <laughs> right so hey interesting that she's gonna be in the marvels though what do you think about that title yeah i liked i like that i think that's cool sort of rebranding it a little bit some people were joking that like uh oh is brie larson getting demoted like it's no longer her movie <laughs> right right uh but no i'm most excited about uh these eternal shots that this movie looks like it's gonna be great based off of four stills that i saw yeah can you believe that's really in the camera 
I'm stunned. I couldn't believe that. I had no idea you could actually just film real things in the world and it looks that good. Who knew? <laughs> I, I was honestly like a little embarrassed reading that interview. <laughs> I mean, the, the interesting – okay, so what we're talking about is there was something that came out that supposedly, you know, Chloe Zhao – Zhao? I don't remember exactly how pronounce it. But like she, you know – uh, wanted to shoot on location in a lot of places, you know, instead of just shooting in front of the Unreal Engine in a warehouse in Atlanta. <laughs> mm-hmm. She wanted to shoot a, a lot of things on location for Eternals. And um, uh, I, there was some quote that came out of Kevin Feige showing like higher ups or other producers something like, look, this is these shots, look how beautiful they look. It's right out of the camera, right? And so it, people were kind of joking, like, oh, does Feige not know what movies look like? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But at the same time, like, it also sounds like he's trying to convince higher-ups that you can just shoot movies in the cam- like in a camera without all kinds of crazy VFX and it still looks good. You know what I mean? So, right. I, I don't know. Personally, I kind of felt like people got the wrong kind of takeaway from that, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I think the main takeaway is just, like, how excited he is about the movie, too. Like, how, how giddy this person is about movies and his job that he's just so thrilled to see anything new and exciting right right yeah I, it's funny because over the weekend i watched uh, nomadland for the first time uh which is chloe zhao's other movie and um it, it, i and then and then i saw the the little the few clips of of eternals and i'm like oh yeah it looks like they shot it on the same like in the same location like it's like outdoor looks like a desert like it's like oh cool i could i could see how i could see the similarities um and it was this was it was that video that they posted, which is like Marvel celebrates the movies or something. Um, that was the first time I think I'd, I'd seen clips of uh, Shang Chi because I just yeah, didn't watch the trailer for that when it came out. But that looks mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that has potential. If 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 they just like fully embrace the martial arts style fighting and everything, I think that could be awesome. Yeah, and it, and it looks like he's like you know just like in like a city beating people up. I don't know. It looks cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, and and I like I um I meant to say this a second ago when we were talking about the Marvels, but like I was kind of wondering like okay they're gonna have they're gonna have Captain Marvel they're gonna have uh what what's the what's the other we're gonna they're gonna have Miss Marvel and they're gonna have Monica Rambeau Photon right exactly some people are saying she's Photon some people are saying she's gonna be Spectrum because I guess like the logo in the A of Miss of, of the Marvels looks more like the Spectrum logo than the Photons logo. But I'm also but I'm also like why would they call why would like they set it up that her mom was nicknamed Photon, right? They set that up in WandaVision that like her mom's nickname was Photon. So I'm, I'm you know, I and, think I and, missed that. Yeah, it's like on the wall when when Monica walks into like the sword office. It's a, it's like her mom's name and in print and quotes it says like photon. And so I'm just I was assuming she was going to go by photon, but then people are saying, oh, it looks like the spectrum the spectrum logo. But also like Marvel and Disney, like they're in L.A. Don't they know that Spectrum is an internet company? Like I know, it, I know. It, I just it's like. Say that. I mean, they might, it's like, are they going to name the next character DirecTV? Like, it's very strange. I, I think it'd be a little odd to just I, it, – because it, it's just namespace pollution. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just we already right. have a thing in the world called Spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like – and again, it's like Spectrum services like the LA area. Like, people know that – I don't know. We'll see. That's my internet provider. It's mine too. Yeah. So, I don't know. I – 
but I but I do know that they're all they also have you know they also provide internet to the West Coast as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. I'm excited for Miss Marvel. I think it'll be a cool show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm most excited for Loki and Hawkeye. Those are the two I'm most amped about of all these coming out this year. Yeah, I think I think so too because Loki just looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and. It looks like it's not going to be super connected to the rest of the movies, or it's going to be like alternate timeline stuff. So I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, well that's that's disconnected. It's just like, it's just like, oh, we're just going to play around. We're just going to have fun. It doesn't like whatever he does probably won't have ramifications on the main universe and the main timeline because he's dead in the main time. You know what I mean? So it's like right. it's, we're just having fun. That's I I like I like that. You know, until he shows up in Doctor Strange too. Yeah, well, but. we'll yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Is that that's not confirmed? You're spe- you're spitballing. Yeah, I'm spitballing. I think I saw one person online say that, and I was like, eh, I don't know. That doesn't seem. I don't know. I think that seems like a little much. They're already jamming so much in that movie. Yeah, exactly. And then Hawkeye, you like because you just like Hawkeye. Yeah, I think Jeremy Renner's awesome. I, see, I'm interested in that show because I want to see Kate Bishop. I think I'm interested in Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah, that's no, why. I'm so am I. So am I. But I, I just think it's about time Hawkeye got got some more uh, got some more action, got some more screen time, got some more love. Exactly, he deserves it all. Hey, while we're talking about Marvel, should we go into our spoiler slot? I think so. Let's do it. Okay. Um, th- for the rest of the episode, we're just going to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, um, do you have anything anything you want to say like at the top before we get into spoiler territory? Um, not really. I think we can just jump right into it. Do you? I mean, uh, I'll just give like overall thoughts, which is like, I thought it was pretty good. It was all right. Uh, and it, you know, it was fun at times, but also had some problems and I don't know. Um, I feel kind of mixed on it, you know, overall, I guess generally positive, but, but still like not in love with it. I kind of I kind of think it's interesting that the t- so far the two shows that have come out of the real Marvel Studios have not reached the highs that have been hit by some of the, you know, other less connected MCU Marvel television shows. Have not reached the lows to be fair. Because <laughs> right. I mean, right. we don't even talk about Inhumans, but I I think it's interesting that neither of these shows, WandaVision or Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think come close to Daredevil, for example. Hmm. You know, so I I just I kind of find that interesting. Um, but anyway, we can we, we'll we'll we can get into we'll get into specifics now. So yeah. um, I think I think I'm I think I'm a little bit more positive on it in general than you are. But yeah, I mean it's got it's got problems, and that's what we're here for. I love Daredevil. That's a great show. God, I know Daredevil's fantastic. I I I kind of want to go back and like watch some of it, but it's I know it's going to be like a big commitment, so I don't yeah, know. But it's a slog. But it's it's but it's a good it's a good slog. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you got to watch the Defenders too. That's right, because it's Daredevil one, two, and then Defenders, and then Daredevil season three picks up yep. with uh with, or with what what happens at the end of Defenders, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, all right, so yeah, let's, all right. Let's move into spoilers for uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay, so I feel like we just said there's some good and some bad with this show, and I feel like let's start with the good. Let's start with what we liked about it. All right, so I mean, I think 
I think my favorite part of the show is just like I thought they really nailed the dynamic between uh, Bucky and Sam. Like they did a really good job of developing their strong friendship, relationship, working partnership, whatever you want to call it. And there, there were just like scenes where the two of them are just talking for like an extended period of time. And like those were those were like my favorite moments of the show. Like the the scene where they're just throwing the shield around in Sam's front yard, I thought I I just absolutely loved that part, and I, I gave gave both of these characters a chance to get to know each other and for us to get to know them a little bit more. So, I think that's that's one of my that's one of my highlights for the show. Yeah, this was the first thing on my list. <laughs> awesome. I mean, it, yeah, it, I think it helps that Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie are like good friends in real life. Right. You know, they mm-hmm. like on the show, they kind of have to play like they don't like each other. But the fact that they are good friends in real life, I think that that comes through and it it makes for a lot of fun. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I, I totally agree. The other thing that you touched on with the shield throwing thing, I thought the action uh, was was pretty good in this show. I thought I thought some of the best stuff was at the in the finale when Sam has the full cap suit with the falcon wings. I mm-hmm. thought that combination uh, of like Captain America slash Falcon, I thought those. I thought that was some cool action stuff that they had done. Some, I thought I th- it was a little bit. Uh, I felt a little bit like um, finding new ways for Falcon to have action using the wings and everything. I thought it was cool. Yeah, no, they do. They do a lot of cool things with that, where he's like tripping people with the wings and he's deflecting stuff with the wings. Like, I I just wish there was a little bit more of that with Bucky's arm. <laughs> I mean, they did, they did, they did reach a couple cool things where like they, the Wakandans come in and just turn off his arm and it falls off like that. That was like a, whoa, what, what the hell is happening here? But Bucky's arm never gets to do that many cool things since, since the Winter Soldier came out, honestly. Yeah. I feel like when they took his arm off, it looked like he didn't even know that they could do that. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. I I mean, I, I think that's a line in the show. And I think that raises questions about like, bodily autonomy and like did they have the right to like take his arm off like just because they built it for him it's it's his arm it's part of his body like that's not fi- like the morality of that is is questionable like it's a good gag Absolutely. it's a good bit in the show but like it's questionable if you think about it too hard <laughs> I, yeah i love that you thought about that that's really interesting <laughs> the other thing i'll say about bucky that i loved was watching him be deprogrammed in Wakanda. Oh yeah, that was that was one of the best scenes. I saw that scene and I'm like just give him an Emmy for this scene. I mean, my god, like it, he's so good. Like when when she says the words and he doesn't like turn, he doesn't like react and, and like and like he starts to like cry. Oh my god, it was so well done. I thought it was fantastic. I, he he's such a good actor just in general. Yes. And it's it's a shame that he hasn't done a ton in these movies in this franchise but that I, I like that he's doing a little bit more now right right yeah i i want to i want to see more of him i feel like maybe he could have been more of the show i don't know i think he's great yeah yeah i i think for for other highlights of the show um i, th- I think it's the kind of show that like episode one you know exactly where the arc is going to end it's going to end with sam taking up the mantle and he's going to have some trouble along the way and some inner controversy and problems and like 
Bucky is going to go to therapy and he's going to come out the other end and he's going to be a better person and he's going to like go down the right path of forgiveness. Like all that stuff is set up very clearly, but I still, even though I knew that's exactly where it was going, I still thought the payoffs were really good and they, I, I, I was pleased with how they did it. So that, I think that's why I think this show is overall thumbs up because even, even with the, the negatives that we'll get into, the fact that those two main story arcs, story arcs work for me, it makes the show good enough. Yeah, I agree that you you kind of know where the show is going from episode one. But you know, like we said, or like I said a few minutes ago, it, it's it's not necessarily what the story is about; it's how it's about it. In the sense that you have a goal that you know, I, whether it's how how does Anakin become Darth Vader, or whether it's how is how does Sam Wilson become Captain America. It, it, what we want to see is how well do you tell that story, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought they did a, a, a decent job. Put it this way. They did better than the prequels. <laughs> Absolutely. They, they did better so. than the Star Wars prequels. So, I mean, that's that's points. The other interesting thing is that's also tied in with the Isaiah Bradley character, which I thought was yes. really interesting. The, 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 yeah, the I, first, no, I, thought, I thought that was all great. Yeah, I mean, he he was like the first, uh, like, I think in the comics he's like the the first black Captain America. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, he has he has some story in the comics. I think I think I heard. Uh, I mean, did you listen to the Incomparable episode? I did. Yeah, and th- so they mentioned he like apparently lost his brain. Basically, like he became dumber. He lost his intellect ability as the years went on, and the super serum was still there, or something like that. That's right. Yeah, that's that's the origin story in the comics. But in the show, they just make it out like he's one of the few people, where, like maybe one of the only people, where they recreated the super soldier serum and it actually works. But then they covered it up because like they can't have a black guy be a super soldier or something like that. And I thought I thought that was interesting. Like it, um, I I liked that. You know, I'm assuming you also watched like the behind the scenes making of. No, I still haven't actually. Oh, okay. Well, one of the interesting things that they talk about it, um, that. Um, Oh shoot! What is the guy's name who who created the show? Malcolm Malcolm Spellman, right? One of the things that Malcolm Spellman talked about was how Isaiah Bradley is sort of like a a personified version of Sam's doubt. You know, like like Isaiah right. represents the 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 doubt and like the insecurities that he has. And I thought that was interesting to to take sam's doubt and make it into a whole character to to represent that that like it's almost almost like then he can have a conversation with his own his own thought process and his own his own doubts about himself interest i thought that was really interesting and really really smart so i i liked that a lot we talked like in the wandavision episode about how like the the blip can sort of compare to like covid a little bit and how it's it's very like relatable uh it's like we've all sort of felt this similar feeling that was created through the events of Endgame and like it's a little bit more relatable than it would have been otherwise because we've all been alone for a year and locked up and like Falcon and the Winter Soldier like what I don't think it knew it when it was making the story but like or when it was originally being written but like so much has happened in the past year and in the wake of social justice and George Floyd and everything that like this it's the story just feels even more relevant than ever whether whether they knew it was going to be or not when they were writing it and so i i just give a lot i i give 
more credit to this show than WandaVision because when I I didn't I didn't think this show was going to go into race as much as it does like I sort of just expected an action show but I was really happy with how much it did and how well it was able to do it. Yeah, I I I mostly agree. I definitely give Marvel credit for, you know, allowing them to talk about this and and you know, I I heard an interview with with Malcolm Spellman who by the way seems like the coolest guy in the world like he just seems like one of those people where like when he shows up to the party you know you're gonna have a good time like it's he just seems like the kind of guy you want to have a conversation with about anything like he just seems really chill um but yeah i heard a conversation uh, an interview with him and he was talking about how you know sam is is black first and captain america second and that that is how a lot of black people in america think of themselves and how and and they they wanted to write that character and stay 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 true to that idea, um, because that that's the that's the only way they would feel re- realistic or grounded in in that way. And I thought and I thought yeah that that makes sense that that would be the only way to if, if you're gonna write this show and you're gonna make it about well what does it mean for a a black man to become Captain America and become this symbol, you know yeah that's that's the approach you have you have to start with i i, I don't know i thought i thought that was cool i thought they they made the right choice there uh, no I, I agree yeah absolutely uh the other character that i love love probably the, my favorite character in the whole show is zemo absolutely <laughs> i mean the guy rules i mean uh, i mean the the way that daniel Bruhl like brought like a like a comedy uh, a comedic element to the character, I thought was great. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. he was only in the show for you know an episode and a half, basically. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe, maybe two episodes, maybe two episodes. But um, no, I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was really good. I, I yeah, I enjoyed seeing I just him give, again. I just give so much credit to Marvel for like coming up with creative ways of bringing characters back or telling stories because like I think so many people before. This show came out, it was like, oh, so there was the blip, and Zemo escaped prison during the blip, and he's going to be – he's the Flag Smashers. He's behind whatever this is in episode one, and we'll we'll meet him along the way somehow. And like Mar- Marvel knows like that's the very obvious conclusion that fans are going to, to come up with and theorize. And they're like, no, we're going to do something completely different. So it was nice that it was a surprising way they involved him, and and yeah, I just totally agree that – his his character is like so calm, cool, and collected, and it, it like what Bucky said. He has a moral code. Like you know exactly what his values are and what he cares about, and he's just hilarious in the role. Talking about it captures the African American spirit. Like who writes this line? Who who delivers this line so effectively? <laughs> That's interesting. You say that like oh everyone thought this is the obvious. I don't think I'd even heard that that fan theory. That's interesting. Um. But I agree that I love the way he was integrated into the show where it's like, okay, there's a group of bad guys. They have, you know, super soldier serum. They've somehow recreated it again, you know. And, okay, so we need someone who knows a lot about this serum and knows a lot about how it got made and is also a bad guy. And, we like, we need someone who hates super soldiers. Who do we get? Zemo, obviously. Like, right. of course, that's who we get to to help us out. Like, even though he's, like, quote-unquote, a bad guy, it's like, well, we can work with him on this. You know, and, and even even by the end of the show, he's like, all right, I guess Bucky's not that bad. And then he even acknowledges explicitly in one at one point that he's like, 
they can say to him, like, they're like, well, Steve Rogers, you know, took the Super Soldier Serum. And he's like, yeah, but no, there's no other Steve Rogers. Like, no one else is like him. Like, he's an, he's the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I sort of expected him to be in that moment. Like, oh, fuck Steve Rogers. Who gives a shit about him? I'm, I'm mad. I'm the villain. I don't like him. But I was like, oh, wow, he actually... <laughs> He actually has like some boundaries and he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. That is that is interesting. That is a good point. And I, I mean, just in general, so far, every every movie or show he's been in, he's got to be he's got to be the most effective villain. He always wins. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, that's that's the other funny thing is like, is well, first of all, you're right. He has like a code. He follows it. And he's like a rational person. It's like he's not like, oh, I just hate anyone who enhances it. He's, he's like he's like. Yeah, it's bad 99% of the time. The other 1% of the time is like Steve Rogers, but like, like he's going to give credit where credit is due. Like he's a rational person, right? I like that. But also, you're right. There was at one point, like I think it was like episode three or four where I'm watching it and I'm like, Zemo's the only one getting anything done. Like Zemo's the only one like killing people who need to be killed, going after people who need to, who need for them to go after. Like Zemo's getting shit done. Like, cause he's quote unquote the bad guy. <laughs> the one, the scene where he's stomping on the super soldier serum was like, maybe the best scene of the show that was so awesome right he kills the guy who like because it's like because they asked that that there's that guy who like reinvented it or whatever and they ask him like okay so there's no other like all the other super soldier serum like it's all like there's no other ones it's the only ones that exist are here right and you're the only guy that can make it right and he's like yeah that's that's exactly what i'm saying like by the time the guy finishes the sentence like zemo like shoots him in the face and because he's like, right. this, this this solves the problem. Like, what? What? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you be mad at me? Like, we kill this guy, we blow up his lab. Problem solved. What do you What do you mean? Why would you be mad at me? Like, I'm doing the right. And I'm like, yeah, Zemo gets it. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. And then right. and then like the super soldiers. It's like lying on the floor, and he's like, all right, it's there. I'm gonna smash it. Like, get get rid of this. This is bad. I don't want this. Like, I don't like superheroes. Like, it's great. It's great. But but yeah. speaking of yeah, uh, really super soldiers, I mean, there is one person who took the super soldier serum, which is John Walker. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about him? I think he's great. I think he's a well. I mean, I think he's a great character. He's I mean, he's a he's an asshole and a monster, right? But he, I, th- mm-hmm. I think he's a good character. And I think the proof of that is the fact that Wyatt Russell got death threats. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Did, did did you know that he auditioned for Captain America? Yeah, that that was that was one of the stories going around. It's like that was one of his first auditions ever in acting or something, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I I, I totally agree. I, th- I thought he was fantastic. I mean, the the end end of episode four, like, was one of those moments. I was like, holy shit, this is unbelievable. I thought that was such a good scene when he's just standing there and the blood is on the shield. It's like, holy shit, what is this? Is what does this become? What 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 did you think of the way his story ended in episode six, where he like? sort of becomes the good guy a little bit yeah well that, that was one of the things i was like oh i didn't expect that which is like it sort of became the origin story for u.s agent which i knew that was the john walker character in the comics his like, code name or whatever was u.s agent and so when mm-hmm. he showed up as captain america i'm like oh that's interesting but then by the end of it he became u.s agent and i'm like oh okay so that's they gave the u.s agent an origin story i thought i don't know i, th- I thought it was uh kind of clever i'm assuming they'll do more with him yeah i guess i just don't know a ton about like what u.s agent is like i guess honestly I guess, me neither i guess my point is like i feel like if they kept him as a bad guy like that might be more interesting going forward like i i i i, I do sympathize with the character a little bit and i don't hate him because like you understand why his job is so hard and why he makes some of the decisions he makes but 
at the same time, I just feel like he was so good at being the guy to hate that redeeming him a little bit maybe takes away from like a ton of future potential for the show and for the character. Like it, I, I would just like to see him like maybe even go more batshit insane. Like instead of saving the car full of people, he, he goes after Carly instead. But, but, but that, I think that's just because I don't know where, where they're going with this and I don't know anything about the character. Yeah, I don't know anything about the character. I don't know where they're going with it. It doesn't seem like he's been fully redeemed and he's like, a, I'm a squeaky clean good guy now. I don't get that vibe from him. No, I don't, I don't think so either. I just, I just sort of wish like I knew like, okay, this guy's a problem. Whereas now it's like a little bit more mysterious. But I kind of think that's always been the character, which is like, even from the even as, as Captain America, I think he's someone who wanted to be someone who could do good and be someone who is a, a good person who helps people. I think he kind of wants that, but his just his nature is to just be like an asshole and completely emotionally unhinged. That's just his nature, and so those two things are kind of in conflict. Whereas those two things are not in conflict with someone like Steve Rogers or Sam Wilson, which is, I think, what makes him an interesting character. And so, I don't know, I could I could see going forward that he's someone who is trying to be on the good side, whatever that means, but just can't fully bring himself to do it because he just it, – it's just in his nature to be a, to be a baddie. I don't know. I, it, that would be interesting to me. I don't know. I guess I, I, guess I was a little bit uh... – I'm not sold on that. It's in his nature to be a baddie because of like that, that scene when him and his Lamar are talking and there he's like, just think of how many people we could have saved if we had the super serum in Afghanistan that one time in the reminiscing. Like, first of all, I, I would have loved to have seen some flashbacks in that, but like, it does make me seem like, no, he, he really is a good guy. He's just not a good enough guy. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that, a lot of people were referring to is you know what that there's that line in the first captain america movie um delivered by stanley tucci the wonderful stanley tucci where he's you know he says he tells steve you know you have to stay true to who you are not a perfect soldier but a good man and i think everyone was comparing like well steve rogers is a is a good man whereas wyatt russell what's his name uh uh, John Walker. John, John Walker is a perfect soldier. He's a good soldier. He's a really great soldier, but not necessarily like a completely good-hearted person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that was an interesting comparison people found. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that made made sense to me. Um, but speaking of the end of the show, I mean, when when Julia Louis Dreyfus showed up, oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god! I I I had no idea what I was in for. Like, I don't. I like of all. This is like a, probably a top five moment for me. Like of jaw hitting the floor in this entire franchise. I couldn't believe what I was watching, and the the whole time, like that whole scene that she's in the in the fifth episode. I don't even. First time I watched it, I didn't even know what happened. I was just in like shock for two minutes. I couldn't believe it. And I, I we'll, we'll have to see where this goes. But I'm excited. I'm really excited. Yeah, well, I mean, some of the rumors say that, you know, she's in Black Widow, and some of the rumors say that she's kind of in this for the long haul. Like, she's oh, I think probably so. going to stick around. She's going to be in a few of these Marvel things, and I think I think that's interesting. I mean, you know, she's 
She's done playing Selena Meyer now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, I told you I've been rewatching Veep, and uh, you know, seeing her as as someone who's funny but also like a, a monster, like in the role of Selena Meyer, is like it's like yeah, I could see how this how this person could be like a Marvel villain <laughs> or like you know right, the the right. bad guy at the top of the at the top of the pack, you know. And I don't know, I just. I, th- I think it's I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see to see more of her. Do you think they're going to do Thunderbolt? Is this it? Is this Thunderbolts? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know a ton about Thunderbolts, but I I, I sort of thought Zemo would be a would be maybe a good leader for whatever that is. Well, that's the the comic origin story. The, the, I don't know a lot about Thunderbolts either because you know basically what happens is like I just watch these movies and TV shows and then I see people talk about things and I research it on my own or I have other people explain the actual comic lore to me. But yeah, what I've heard same. about Thunderbolts is that like it was like in the 90s or something, Marvel was not really taking risks and Thunderbolts was this new like comic book series. It was one of the rare times where comic book readers really were genuinely surprised because the idea was like, okay, here's a new team, a new team of people, a new group of superheroes and uh you know it, it, this is this is their story they're they're the thunderbolts and this is this is going to be their line of comics this is their this their run and you got like a few issues into the story of these new characters the thunderbolts and it turns out that their leader is zemo and these are all bad guys who are trying genuinely trying to like turn to be good guys now but their leader is zemo Oh, interesting. And it was like a big reveal and kind of like a risky thing to do at a time where Marvel was not known for taking risks. And so um, at least that's how it was explained to me, right, from someone on the internet, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but, and of course, you know, with the MCU, they're all just adapting comics. They're not going to be able to have something that jaw-dropping and surprising. Uh, I guess the closest to that is casting Julia Louis-Dreyfus for us. But um, I think that's an interesting idea of like having, you know, Zemo and or – uh, what's her name? Valentina Contessa, something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Having one of these be the kind of leader or, or the secret, you know, bad guy at the top of a of a group of ragtag villains or something. It could be interesting. It could be interesting. Yeah, I could. I guess I could see that being her character. Because did she say something about Hydra in her show or in her in her episode? Or was that something I read online? Did she mention Hydra at all? I don't know if she said it out loud, but it, that character of Contessa, whatever, uh, Val, uh, as she doesn't like to be called, um, it, in the comics, that character is like one of the incarnations of a character known as Madame Hydra, hmm. which I, I can't – I don't really know a lot about this character, and it seems like it's pretty deep in the lore, and also I'm not sure if, how much they're going to – use that name or if that's going to pay off i almost feel like do i want to spend a ton of time reading about a, a character named madam hydra is that really gonna factor into it too much isn't the hydra stuff a little played out i don't know we'll see i don't know it'll be, it'll be interesting yeah and uh, i mean just for the record we got mm-hmm. if if she ends up in black widow then i'll have been right about the connection between black widow and this show maybe maybe not right in the way i expect it to be but <laughs> there's something there I think I mean, we, we might have we might have both been a little bit right if that's true. Yeah, because we had this bet like off the air of like, do you need to see Black Widow before you see Falcon Winter Soldier? And you were adamant that the answer was like yes, <laughs> because if you because at the very least there'll be some reference you miss 
if you watch right. them out of order. And when they yeah. release this first, I felt vindicated of like, see, this proves that there's nothing you, you aren't missing anything by not seeing black widow first even marvel mm-hmm. is putting this out before black widow because they also know you don't need, it, there's no connection where it's like you're gonna miss a reference or something mm-hmm. uh at the same time there is this character so yeah maybe maybe it's a little bit of both right i don't know <laughs> i think i think it's one of those things that like if she shows up in Black Widow, which honestly I'm just assuming it's going to happen, like right, when she too. shows up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right now when we haven't seen Black Widow, it's like, oh, this is cool, new character, actress that we all like, but maybe it would have been like even cooler if we had the context of what she does in Black Widow. But either either way, it still worked enough for Marvel to be like, all right, we don't need to delay this anymore. Yeah, I mean, the the her scenes, her two scenes, it doesn't... You know, it doesn't seem like whatever she does in Black Widow doesn't seem to be connected to what she's doing here. So it, 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 I mean, I mean, we don't know. We haven't seen Black Widow obviously yet, yet, but like, it does seem like maybe she's just one of these people who's going around the world talking to different people. She's the she's the bad Nick Fury or something. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I think she's putting a team together. Right. So does it matter in which order you see her assemble the team? You know, d- d- does does you know does it really matter? Probably not really. But, yeah. You know, so I mean, even I get again releasing this first. Even Marvel agrees that like, okay, you don't need to see this in a particular order. You're gonna get you know do, whether you get the the jaw dropping reaction of oh my god, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Whether you get that in Falcon Winter Soldier or Black Widow, doesn't matter. Not really. You know, I don't know. It's 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 again. I think we're both a little bit right. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Should we just should we just talk about Carly? I feel like this is I feel like we'll get into a lot of our negative opinions here. Well, I was going to say let's just start let's just get into the, I mean we did the good. We said what we liked. I feel like now's the time to get into what we didn't like and you know there's the good and the let me, bad. Let me just get let me just get one more good thing in. Okay. Um, I I think I should I think I should have hit on this a little bit earlier. But I th- I think I think Marvel knew going into this show that like the general audience is not going to love Sam as Captain America because we all love Steve Rogers so much. We don't know Sam a ton. Like people maybe aren't going to be as interested or buy into Sam as Captain America. So in order, in order for everyone to buy into him, he's got to earn it. So instead of him just having a show where he's Captain America from the beginning, take it away from him and have him earn it, watch him earn it. Then the audience grows to like him. I, th- I think that was really smart of Marvel. They know what they're doing. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. I like the way you put that. Um, okay. The bad. Because I, I agree with you that, like, Carly is, like, the first on my list of, like, what's what's wrong with this show? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I mean, it just – the whole thing with her and the Flag Smashers, I mean, it just makes no sense. <laughs> It's it's honestly one of the biggest my one of my biggest problems with the show is like as enjoyable as it is to sit there and watch episode by episode like one at a time and watch the dynamics of Bucky and Sam and Zemo has some fun here and the Wakandans show up and that's fun like as fun as the show is like minute to minute when I step back and look at the big picture I sit there and I go I don't understand what the bad guys want or who they are or what their goal is I I'm just confused about like it's again it's fun to watch minute to minute but looking at the whole thing I'm like I don't actually understand why 
anything is happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I felt like I felt like I understood what their goals were at least a little bit. Like they want to get back to where it was, where there's like less border, people can go where they want, one world, one people. Like I, I get all of that. Um, but I think I think where it falls short is, I mean, one they just explain it a ton, and that's how I understand it. But like they never. I don't think they show Carly doing or the Flag Smashers doing anything good enough for us to really get like, oh, she because they they want you to sort of think like, oh, she's a good guy. You should be on her side a little bit. She just has the wrong methods and everything. And that's what that's what Sam says. And they say that like, oh, there's vaccines on this truck that they're delivering somewhere. But like they never they never really show her and the Flag Smashers like helping people and doing something good that were negatively affected by billions of people returning to earth like they never really show you her doing something super charitable to really buy into what it is they're selling so that that's where it falls the most short for me well i mean uh, uh, boy you said you said a lot of things there because i i yeah i know that they said they had that one line where they were like oh we think the world was better during the blip and then they had that other that, that little, the little catchphrase which is like one world one people or something but I'm saying they're like, I, I don't know what that means. I don't like, why was the world better during the blip? I don't understand. Like, you're mad about borders? Like, I don't get like one world, one people. Like, okay, but then what are you doing to achieve? Like, what is the goal exactly? I just, I don't, un- I don't understand it. I and mean, maybe you followed it better than I. Like, I mean, I just, I just got it a little bit, maybe just through my imagination. Like, oh, I could see how like people just had access to more resources or something like that. I was just maybe making stuff but up they, in my but head. they don't say that but they don't they don't explain it yeah that would that no, would be good they, if it they, was in the show right yeah it, it, like a, a flashback not it doesn't even have a flashback but just explaining like this is something really good that happened when billions of people were missing and this is why we liked it then they don't do that at all no not at all and and so i'm left wondering okay what 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 and and you're right i think they they tried to the malcolm spellman even says this in the in the making of he, he says you know we tried to write her as a hero we wanted her to be sympathetic we wanted people to understand her point of view and just understand that like the way she was going about it was wrong we want people to understand her and we want her we you know we he, i think he actually says quote we wrote her as a hero and i'm sitting there and i'm going did you did you i don't think you did i don't think you did at all i i <laughs> as she I, blows up a building you, with people you barely wrote her as a villain i mean it's not like i'm like and i'm um and like i understand if they're more interested in the Sam Wilson, how does he become Captain America? So, like, they're more, they're, I think they're clearly more interested in that storyline, which fine, I am too. But, like, I, I, when I heard him say that, I was like, and again, Malcolm Spellman seems like a really cool guy, and, you know, I, I'm interested to see what he does with Captain America 4. But I, I heard him say that, and, and the first thing that came to mind is, is, um, something I've heard Aaron Sorkin say, who, you know, wrote The Social Network, one of my favorite movies of all time. And, you know, Mark Zuckerberg sort of sort of like a bad guy in the movie. Like it's, you know, he's sort of an anti-hero type thing. And one of the things that Aaron Sorkin has said about like when you write an anti-hero, he says you have to write that character like they're making their case to God for why they should be allowed into heaven. And they didn't do that with Carly. Mm-hmm. Right? They just they, it, she, they just they totally dropped the ball on on this character and maybe you know we can maybe we can get into into the 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 rumors about the deleted plot line but the point is like 
it, I don't think I don't think this was the, the, all the flag smashers. I mean, they even have scenes where like it seems like her flag smasher buddies are like turning on her, like, oh, you're getting a little too radical. But then it doesn't pay off. Like nothing happens. Nothing comes from that, does it? I, it just like no. It's so no. like it's so her character is so forgettable, and that whole plotline is so is so uninteresting to me that like i literally was talking to someone about the show like three days after the finale and they were like oh yeah when carly died and i'm like wait carly died and they're like yeah remember right. she di-? i'm like i i'm like oh yeah i guess i yeah i guess she did die okay like i couldn't even remember i didn't even care <laughs> yeah no i know i it's it's like it's not good as it was i will say like the show absolutely needed something like this because for me, the show is more about Sam versus John Walker and Sam earning the title of Captain America. You need something for both of them to be doing in order for you to see like, oh, Sam is actually good at this and John is really bad at it. And so like you needed something there and you needed Carly and a villain for them to tackle and approach differently for that arc to work. It's just so it's like it's necessary, but it's not good. But it helps. It helps. It helps other plot lines be better. That's an interesting way to look at it. Is is yeah? You ha- you you have to see how Sam Wilson and John Walker handle things differently, and why Sam is better equipped to be Captain America. That's a good right argument. Yeah, because because before before you said that, my thinking was like, can we just cut the whole Carly thing completely and just make it like a conflict between Sam and John Walker directly? But I guess you make a good point. They need to be you know allied against something to see how they to see to compare and contrast those two that's a good point but you're right they it, it's it, to me it just kind of felt like a lot of times watching it it felt like oh th- this is just the villain because every fucking marvel thing has to have some villain and it's underwritten and who cares and it's not what we're here right. to see like i mean i think it's so interesting because like i think john walker is a good character who's mostly well done and i and and then he kind of he's kind of written out of the show after like episode four or something basically, uh, but mm-hmm. then you know and, and like a decent a decent sort of antagonist, and then you have Carly and they're, these characters are both in the same show and one is really good and one is maybe the worst Marvel villain ever. <laughs> wow, that bad, huh? Well, w- name one that's worse. Yellow Jacket. Even Yellow Jacket, <laughs> I think, is better than this. Like, <laughs> really? Wow. I, I think I think the oh, the, the competition would be whoever the villain was in Captain Marvel. Mm, yeah, that, that could be Lee, that Lee could Pace, be right? The guy from Guardians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ronan. Ronan, thank you. I mean, he's like barely even the villain. He's the villain for like parts of it. Right. Yeah. This isn't a Captain Marvel spoiler, but yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. No. Okay. So, well, I'm trying to think of my other my other criticism. Oh. Sharon? Oh, God, you're bringing up more things I didn't even write down. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, God, it's like, okay, go, please talk about this. I mean, I don't, I don't have a ton of thoughts about it. It's just like, just one of those things that sort of came out of left field for me, where it's like, the first time you see them together, they're talking about this power broker and Sharon is helping out. Our friends, she's, like, pretending to be one of the good guys, but I guess, like, somehow she's actually a bad guy. It was just it was just one of those things that was like, oh, okay. They didn't explain this a ton. Like, I feel like I don't know a ton about what the power broker is, but I guess it's this character? 
okay, fine, whatever. I don't really see this actress as a villain, but maybe I'm wrong. She hasn't done anything evil in the show, so I don't know. It was just sort, it's just sort of like a shrug for me. Like that was weird. <laughs> it, just a just a shrug for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. I just kind of like shrug. Well, the other thing is like they – I think they intended that to be like a big reveal at the end of the show. Meanwhile, like everybody on the internet called it like as soon as she showed mm-hmm. up, you know, yeah. and – And they, they make – if if you didn't figure it out earlier, they made it super obvious in the fifth episode before before they revealed in the sixth. Right. Yeah. So it, 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 it does – it wasn't even like a big reveal. And that, you know, I, I'm I'm – I think the idea of of that character is interesting. The idea that like she was a good guy, but now she has to be like on the run, and now she's had to find a way to like make a name for herself and make a living in in like this sketchy place in Madripoor, and this is now how she's doing it, where she's kind of become like a bad guy or like one of these people who just like is dealing in sketchy things in the black market. Like, I think it's an interesting idea. Um. I just don't think it, they handled it super well. Good thing it's not a big part of the show, but it's part of me that just thinks they should have just revealed from the beginning that she's the power broker. Like, just a little thing at the end of the episode where she first shows up. Like, it just... What does it add to the show by having it revealed at the end? I don't... It doesn't add anything. Yeah. Yeah, not much. And she she sort of, like, has that plea with Carly, like, Darth Vader plea, like, oh, let's work together, and we can we can do so much more if we're together than if we're fighting against each other. But, but I'm like, but what are you doing? I don't, I don't, I don't know what you do. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things that's like, okay, maybe, maybe like they set it up enough now where I'm sort of just like shrugging at it. And then like in season two or Captain America four, once they really get going, it'll work a lot better. But for now, it's just kind of like, all right, let's see what happens here. And that actually kind of reminds me of one of my other criticisms of the show. Um, and I had the same criticism, I think, with with WandaVision as well. But it, it's more obvious here, which is where they decide to break up the episodes. This is infuriating to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Honestly, I don't think I do. Okay. I think that they, that Marvel Studios, in, in, in the two television shows they've made so far, I think where they decide to end an episode – is they, they they are very, very concerned about ending every episode on a big reveal or on like a big, oh my God, kind of moment. And with WandaVision, I think it worked better, but they did it a lot with Falcon and Winter Soldier as well. And I, I don't think it was very good. It, it, it started to really annoy me because just because you have like an oh my God moment in a show doesn't mean that ends an episode. It's like... Again, it goes. It goes. It goes back to like it's like your Marvel. You can do anything, and people will watch it. You don't need to to end every episode on a jaw dropping moment to entice people to tune in next week. Like you don't need to do your. You people will watch anything. People will watch anything you crap out. You don't need to do this. You don't need to end on a cliffhanger. Like when they they like they ended. What was it, episode four where John Walker kills the guy with the shield? Mm-hmm. And they end the episode with like him looking up. I've, he's just killed a guy. Everyone's looking at him. The episode ends, right? Good, like jaw dropping. Oh my god, holy shit! Moment, right? What's gonna happen next, right? Good moment, right? 
Yep. The next episode starts and it picks up like five seconds later and Sam and Bucky like beat the shit out of him and they end up like 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 they just beat the shit out of each other and they all just kind of walk away and the that it, that that fight scene starts the episode and the fight scene ends and then the rest of the episode is like completely different in tone and about something completely different and i was just mm-hmm. and i was just like the episode should have ended with this fight scene between the three of them and then you can have the next episode be about something to, like it just it it was just like like this is this is where it's like okay are you making a movie you're breaking up into pieces or are you making a television show because like television is episodic and each episode kind of has its own little arc to it, it like that like that's you know like i th- like think about like like the queen's gambit where it was like yes it's all an interconnected story and it all flows together but also each episode could, was kind of like its own thing you know where it's like oh this is the episode where she learns to compete in chess this is the episode where she starts going to all these matches around the country like and like it's, and it's like and it, each episode kind of had its own little theme and its own kind of structure to it and this is like they're they're breaking like that they're breaking like the rules of like like these these sort of rules of like the or conventions i guess of television in order to make sure they end every episode on like a cliffhanger or a holy shit moment and it it's frustrating to me because it just it doesn't feel natural to end the episode there i feel like it would have been more natural to end the episode with okay this guy just killed someone with the shield here's the fallout of that is these three guys beat the hell out of each other and then after that they all go their separate ways that's the end of the episode let's see where where they all went now sam went back to louisiana like okay now we see what happens there that's that and then and then that's its own episode is is like the fallout of that of that but they don't do that because they're so concerned about like, well, we have to end it on a holy shit moment to get people to come back next week, and I think that's stupid. It, it's I think it's very fr- it's very frustrating to me because it just it just feels like it's not natural. It feels like it feels like they're breaking the episodes in the wrong places. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't really I don't really get this criticism honestly. Like it it, it works for me. Like it gets it gets me excited about the next episode, and I don't know. I also I also think back about like watching Breaking Bad. I feel like. So many, if not every episode, ends on sort of like that high, exciting moment, a bit of a cliffhanger to what's going to happen next. And that's like the greatest TV show ever made. So I don't know. It doesn't feel like they're breaking conventions. I just think certain shows do things a little bit differently. It's fine with me. Yeah, I mean, like it felt really good when you – like it felt like a good ending. I think I just got a little bit annoyed when the next episode started five seconds after the end of the last one. And then they immediately deal with the fallout of what happened last time. And then the rest of the episode was completely different in tone and what it was about. And it just felt it, that to me just felt like an unnatural break. And like, and yeah. they, I feel like they, most of the time when they end the episode on a holy shit moment, they do it fine and it, and it, and it works out, you know, like ending the first episode with, Hey, there's a new captain America. Good, good moment of like, Whoa, okay. I got to see where this is going. Right. You know, you know the epi- episode five ends with, oh, he got this new box, this new this new th- suit thing. What is this? I want to see what this is. Good ending for an episode. Th- it was that. It was that one. It was that one that I felt like I. F- that was the one where it felt like that's an unnatural. Once I saw the start of the next episode, that's where I felt like that might have been an unnatural breaking point that you just 
wanted. Yeah. It, that, that, that was the, my, and I, and, and that it just. Like, just give it to me already. <laughs> right. And it, and it, it does make me a little bit concerned for shows going forward is like, if, again, it's nothing wrong with ending on like a high, ending on a jaw dropping moment. Nothing wrong with that. But it also should be like a good natural ending for the episode. And I felt like in this, there was at least one instance where they didn't do that. Most of the other time, I think they do it fine. But I'm a little, I'm a, I am a little bit concerned that they are, they are prioritizing or they're, they're trying too hard to find, uh, oh, we have to, you know, oh, we're going to have six episodes. That means we need five to six really jaw dropping moments and make sure you put them at the end of every episode. And it's like, there's, there's a, there's a fine line there between like, that's just making a good TV show versus this is just a thing we're forcing the show to have this structure to make sure that people keep watching. And yeah. I'm, I'm concerned they're leaning too much on that little trick to, to get people to come back because they, episode five did not end on a, on a big holy shit reveal jaw dropping moment. And I thought it was a great ending for the episode because it was like, it ended that little the theme of that episode. It wrapped everything up, but also said, "Okay, we we still have work to do." I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I'm maybe it's a nitpick, but that it's I it's something I want to put out there. Yeah, that's fair enough. If it, I mean, if it bothers you, it bothers you. Give, give you, I've been talking a lot. Give me something you didn't like about the show. <laughs> um, I mean, I I feel like I feel like that's just the biggest one. Um, Is the flag smash Charlie and everything? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think I think from here I can, we can move on to like where this is going and everything. Oh no, I have more. Oh, you have more criticism. Oh, okay. oh, oh! I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, then. The other the other thing I I felt like you know you talked about how the 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 discussions of race you really liked it. I had I had some issues with it. I had some quibbles with it because as much as I applaud them for openly discussing these things and talking about it and i and i i'm i'm glad that they're not shying away from it there were a couple of times where i felt like it was almost a little too on the nose you know like you know what i mean like Hmm. i don't know like like bucky and sam like being stopped by police and they're only being nice to bucky it's like i don't like on one level it's like well that's a real thing that happens but on a level another level i i kind of felt like you're you're maybe trying a little too hard to make the point or this is too on sometimes i felt it's a little too obvious it's, it's a little it's it's a little too obvious sometimes i felt like there were, there are some times where i felt like it's either too on the nose or it's not on the nose enough like it's like there there are scenes like that where they're making it really obvious and then i felt like maybe they they could even go sometimes they could they could but chose not to like go deeper on what does it mean to be black in America and why exactly like like what is racism and where does it come from and let's talk like but they didn't they didn't go super deep and sometimes I felt like oh I almost wish they talked more about this or wish they went deeper on I don't know I I, I was a little bit conflicted and then and then like even Sam's final speech at the end it didn't quite feel exactly like a Captain America speech to me It, it felt a little off to me i don't know how you felt about it but i didn't i didn't love it for some reason yeah i i like that scene a lot and i i I guess i guess maybe the reason why i liked the stuff more is because i expected so little of that from (laughs) the show that that anything at all was just really nice um 
but yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's, it's, I think the police car is your the best point for sure. Like, it's just so like, what's what's the most obvious racist thing we can put in this show? Like, oh, them getting pulled over by the police. Like, it's 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 a decent scene, but yeah, two on the nose. I could see that. Um, as far as, as or, far as, or like, not on the nose uh, enough where it's like, they should have just fucking shot him. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> this, you right, want, you want right. realism. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That, that's what happened. Sorry. Go on. But no, I was, I was just going to say on, on your other point, like with the captain America, uh, speech and everything, like it didn't feel like a captain America speech. I, I really thought the scene where like Sam is fighting Carly right before she dies. And, she says like stop fighting like quit like whatever i i swear to god i thought we were gonna get an i can do this all day i really <laughs> thought we were going to i would have lost my mind well good on them for for not doing it that's steve's thing <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and that would not have been good but i would have i would have lost it still yeah the, the the one the one scene i I thought he did do a good job with i should have put this in my good section but like when it is just sam and carly talking after the funeral or whatever that was i thought that was a pretty decent scene and then because that that yeah. also shows like why sam is better at this and how john walker fucked it up you know exactly um yeah there's some, something about the, the scene at the end his speech at the end i didn't i kind of didn't love it felt like almost a little contrived or forced that like oh he's talking to some senator and like this this little rousing speech to this one guy is gonna like change everything i don't know it just i don't i don't know it, it, it and, and hopefully he gets better at the captain america speeches he's still new at it <laughs> i i guess the thing i didn't like about the speech is that it was like televised and like everyone like there were cameras around and everyone there's paparazzi and everything if media if you can call them paparazzi i don't know but I, I felt like that part was a little bit too on the nose in a way maybe and maybe it felt a little bit less genuine than if he was just having this conversation with someone in a room but like i i get why it's on tv so you want to you want to deliver the message and so isaiah bradley can see it of course too yeah no, that's yeah that's that's a good point yeah because a lot of times steve rogers when he would give those little speeches it was it wasn't to the entire country it was just to like the people around him <laughs> yeah right but i i get why it needs to be in this situation yeah yeah and and again i like i'm not against sam being captain america he's the best man for the job of course i i don't know i just I, just wasn't sure about the about the speech but you know i think i think it'll get i think he'll he'll get better at it he's still new to captain america he's still he's still new to being captain america right. <laughs> um the, the other thing i wanted to mention is this whole deleted plot line rumor do you know about this is this interesting no i haven't i haven't heard about this please okay so th this I, there's there's a there's a video and i'll i'll put the i'll put the link in notes i can't remember the name of the channel but it was there, there i saw, i first saw this on youtube and uh it's it's one of those like channels that like oh we cover superhero movies and stuff and and it's one of those channels that I don't really watch very often because it's it's one of those. What is up, guys? Today we're going to be breaking down the latest episode of blah blah blah. And we're going to discuss like it's one of those kind of. Mm -hmm. So I don't. Oh, I know the type. So I don't watch it very often. But I, and and none of this has been confirmed by anybody. Okay, but the the there were rumors like a year ago when COVID first hit and productions were getting shut down there were rumors that the original like main plot line the main story for this show was about 
a global virus that is killing people. Hmm. Fascinating. And it sort of makes sense that like, oh, a bunch of people just came back. That could introduce new diseases. Like that kind of makes sense in a way, right? Sure. You have a bunch of people who for five years were not cramped and now they're all together again. Like I could see how a new disease could pop up or something. So, you know, it, it sort of makes sense. And that sort of makes sense with in, is it the first or the, I think it's the second episode when they like break into those like uh, big tractor trailer trucks. Uh, and I forget who says it, but they're like, oh, these flag smashers, they're like carrying vaccines of some kind. What is all these, what are all these medical supplies? And it's like, hmm, yeah, I think it's Bucky. Yeah, it's like, hmm, vaccines. Interesting. And then there's like that woman that Carly cares about so much that oh, who's dying. Right. But like that actress is like kind of a big name well-known actress and the idea that they cast her in this show to just be a dead body is like weird and so the 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 thinking is that like okay there's this rumor the show was originally about a virus we know the show shut down and had a and and deal with covid and everything is it possible that originally this character was not going to be just a dead body they were going to be a character who was you know living with whatever this virus is this new disease that has broken out and that's why they cast a a big name actress to be this character because she's dying of this virus which is why carly wants these vaccines that's why it's so important you know what i mean like and once she's once and and the the evidence they present in this in this video is that there are many shots in the show where a character is like delivering important pieces of information about the plot while their face is not on screen. So it's like maybe they've cut away to another character or it's like Sharon Carter talking on the phone, but you don't see her. You just hear her voice over the phone. And like nine times out of 10 when that, when, you know, a TV show or a movie where you don't see the character actually saying the words, it's ADR, right? And so mm-hmm. they they kind of make the argument that like, yeah, it's very possible that the show was originally about like a global virus that breaks out around the world and they, you know, through rewrites and lots of ADR, they were able to find a way around that cuz it's like, you know, it, it, like Sharon Carter talking on the phone, you don't you're not seeing her. They could have easily just put that in. You know, it's like she's like giving them their next mission, but you don't actually see her saying that. It it it's pretty makes a pretty convincing case. And then what they say in the video is, is like it, it, it makes sense that they would change this for COVID, not just because it's like, oh, it's too similar to like, oh, we have a virus now. Because when I first heard this, I was like, OK, yeah, I guess it would have been weird to have a show about a virus. And I, I guess that would have been weird with COVID times, but it wouldn't have been that bad. Right. Why? Why? What's you know, it would have just been weird to watch. That's all. What's wrong with that? But then you think about it and it's like, well. You could very easily imagine that, you know, maybe the virus started in this place called Madripoor, which is, albeit fictional, but an Asian country is where the virus came from, right? So you see, okay, that's that's another parallel that a little might be weird. And then you could very, I think you could very easily imagine that one of the big reveals in like episode four or five is, oh, turns out the virus was actually created in a lab by maybe the power broker or something, right? And, and you know, that's the kind of thing. It's like you don't – that you no, you don't want this story to be told in COVID times. Like that, that – like there's, there's so – like now there's so many red flags. 
you know what I mean? Where it's like I, I like I totally get why like just socially and politically they were like we cannot have especially with like the Dis- the Walt Disney Company trying to like expand to Asian markets and appeal to you know like 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 Chinese markets. It's like it's like yeah, you I totally get why they didn't do this. But if like if and again, here's an interesting thing. I heard that interview with Malcolm Spellman, the the show like the head writer and he was asked about like how much did covid impact the show and like he was like he basically was like i can't talk about it and then even in like the making of like behind the scenes thing they put on disney plus they talk a lot about how much covid impacted the show but they did it all in a way that was like oh yeah like messed up like our shooting location but it's like a whole section of like covid really messed up our show but they don't go into any more details other than like shooting locations got messed up and it just makes me wonder, like, are, are, are they being told they can't talk about this plot line that was – like, because, again, no one has confirmed this. This is all just rumors. It's all just speculation. But it sort of makes sense based on, like, the comment about vaccines early on. It makes sense with, like, how a lot of important information is delivered seemingly in ADR. And it also makes sense of why the Flag Smashers plot makes no sense. Like, it sort of explains it because it was, like, like grafted on after the fact. You see what I'm saying? I think I, – I don't know. I think it's I think it's pretty convincing. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm pretty convinced just hearing everything. My, my, my take on this, like, aside from it – coming from a country in asia and being invented in a lab like if if you're able to write those things out because i I do see why that's problematic this show would have been a lot better like because i i think if you can see carly trying to deliver vaccines to people who really need them and she can't do it because of borders and because of things of people being brought back from the blip and everything if she can't she can't get into certain countries because of that and someone that she loves dies because she isn't able to get it to them on time, then her story becomes 10 times better immediately. Right. And you know, immediately she becomes more sympathetic and, and you get where she's coming from more, but they don't, they can't do that now. Yeah. And you get a really good example of what she was trying to do and understand why like, Oh, this is sort of a good guy. She's trying to save sick people. Right. But instead she's blowing up buildings. Right, right. Yeah, that that is sort of a shame how that worked out, but I, I get it. That's that's fascinating, though. It's that's it's like a, I'll buy into that conspiracy theory. Yeah, no, I, I'm 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 totally bought in on that. I mean that that just makes too much sense, especially with how much they're not seemingly talking about how much COVID impacted it. It just makes it seem like. Um, it, you know the rumors were there do they have something to hide? like i don't i don't want to be that guy that's like oh well the fact that they're denying it means that it's true i don't want to be like that guy but it's just interesting that these rumors are out there and yeah and and again these rumors came out over a year ago now like when covid first started showing up so it's not like someone just made this up after the fact like this is based on rumors that came out in like you know march or something so right, right. i don't know i i it's it i look at it as like it's kind of a shame because i mean covid is a bad thing for a lot of reasons but like most importantly it made, made my favorite tv show worse right of course <laughs> no, it, totally it, it would it just would be interesting to have seen the original version of the show although i i get why they changed it it's just it's just a shame that it had to work out that way yeah yeah that is really fascinating 
Anyway, I think that's that's everything I had as far as criticisms. It, it, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine after the finale, and I was talking about my some of my criticisms of the show because, in some ways, the, the 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 criticisms are more interesting to talk about than things we liked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was. It's easy to talk about things you like. Exactly. It was much more interesting to talk about, like, well, where do I feel this went wrong? You know. And I was talking to a friend of mine and, about this, and I was just kind of listing some of the things that bothered me. And she goes, "Did did did you like the show at, at all?" <laughs> <laughs> that, I do feel that way about you sometimes. Yeah, I know, I know. Because, but and it's like I there were a lot of parts that I liked, and I think we spent a lot of time. Like I, that's why I wanted to start with the good stuff because there was a lot of good stuff here. It's just I I do think sometimes the the flaws are more interesting to talk about. So if I if, if yeah. sometimes I come off as too negative, that's that's why. Right. Anyway, right. well, you 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 wanted to you had a, a closing topic, I think. Um, I, I guess my, my closing topic is just like, holy shit, where is this going? <laughs> like, it's, it's unbelievable to me the amount of things that they set up for future payoffs with US agent, the Contessa, Sharon Carter being the power broker, Sam is Captain America now. Like, they set all of this stuff up. And no one can tell me when it's going to show up next. Like, they've announced everything for the next couple of years. And it's like, wow, they're really just expecting people to wait, like, three or four years for these payoffs, maybe. And maybe it's something that they just kept hidden, like, the release date hidden. And like, oh, no, actually, season two comes out next year. We just didn't announce it yet. But, like, wow, they're setting so much stuff up to just let people wait for so long. It's just surprising to me. And, like, everything that they're setting up feels like it could be its own universe like it, it's like the fact that all this captain america stuff is going to be happening now in the same timeline that the multiverse of madness and low-key is happening and all the other other weird and more cosmic things like it feels like this universe is splitting off onto two different paths where it's like the, the u.s military and like spy stuff and all that versus like the cosmic and space stuff you know, I, 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 I like this take because you sort of took something that I had that annoyed me about the show and you turned it into a little kind of a positive. Okay, it's one of the one of the things that was a little bit frustrating to me about the show is I just felt like there's a lot in this show. Like there's it might be maybe too much. You know what I mean? Like you have like mm-hmm. Sam becoming Captain America, like the legacy of what it means to be Captain America, and then the whole Isaiah Bradley thing is tied up into that. You have like the Bucky Redemption arc, which I think took a little bit of a back seat. You have like Sharon slash the power broker. You have Zemo. You have Carly and also, the Flag we, Smashers we, and John Walker. We haven't even we haven't even talked about this barely. The Wakandans show up in this show. Right. They're in this, and we haven't even talked about well, it. Well, yet. well, because it's not much to say. It's just cool ton to say. Well, but right, yeah, yeah, right. But, but like, it's like that's here too. Well, that's well, and that's sort of one of my criticisms is like is like there's just so much here, and like good on them for trying to be ambitious. Ambitious, but maybe you maybe a few of these things could have. It almost it almost seems like where they just told you have to use all these elements, make it work. Like I don't. It just that's. I guess it's the last of my criticisms. Is just like maybe there's a little bit too much in this show, but like in, including maybe maybe a couple too many fight scenes. It seems like they were mandated to have like two or three an episode. But but <laughs> but um, you, you, I, you kind of took that and made it a positive, which is like well they they set up a lot of things in the show. Again, maybe they shouldn't have set up so much in only six episodes. Maybe they should have cut a couple things and streamlined this a little bit. But you make an interesting point, which is that they have a, they they've laid a lot of groundwork here, but we have no idea when we're going to see the fruits of that labor. 
You know, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, we don't have a release date for Captain America 4. We only know about it because it was in the Hollywood Reporter. It hasn't even been officially confirmed by Marvel yet, right? Right. It, it, and that's an interesting point, which is they, they are confident enough. I mean, I, I started out by, or, you know, 20 minutes ago, whenever it was, I was saying Marvel's, Marvel's not confident. They, they need to end every episode on a cliffhanger to make you tune in because they're not confident that you're going to come back. But this is another, this is actually where they are being confident, which is like they're confident enough in their storytelling abilities and what they, and their plans that they've laid out that they can lay down some stuff. They can lay down, yeah, John Walker's there as U.S. agent. They can lay down Zemo's back in play. They can, they can lay down like, okay, Sharon Carter is now the power broker. She's, she's, she's an agent Carter, but she's also secret power broker. And we can, we have this stuff here and it's like, these are, these are now, new toys that are on the shelf that someone can pick up and play with at a later date and we don't know when that's going to be but they're there if we need it and that's that's an, that's an interesting that's an interest it, it's it's sort of like like new undead vision in in wandavision which is like vision's alive again for the 15th time and we don't know when we're going to see him again but the, the toy is sitting there on the shelf if anyone wants to pick it up and right. and and the fact that they are not explicitly saying, oh, and don't worry, you're going to see John Walker again, or don't worry, Sharon's coming back as the power broker. Like the fact that they're not doing that is kind of interesting. It's almost like they're saying, well, just wait and see, just wait and see. Yeah, it's like if 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 the schedule for Marvel wasn't so absolutely jam packed with movies and television constantly, like the movie or the next season would be coming out next year. But they're they're asking people to wait for what could be a very long time to see any sort of payoff from this show, which will be interesting to see if I, I guess it, yeah they're confident that people are going to enjoy it. Yeah, and it, it's it's almost like they're saying no, we're not going to promise you anything. We don't we don't need to promise you anything. We know what we're doing. We have a plan. You know, we, we we've set some things up, and we'll come back to it when we come back to it. You know, we we stop worrying. We're not we're not going to give you anything. And mm-hmm. and it's in, it's it, it's sort of it might be interesting to discuss. Maybe there's not much to say, but it's it's sort of interesting what they choose to to let you in on the future plans and what they don't, right? Because they openly said from day one, like WandaVision is going to tie into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Like they've oh, they said that from day one, it's going to connect. It's going to you know. There's now rumors that Doctor Strange was supposed to be in WandaVision. That's a rumor. Who knows if it's true? But now that's a rumor, right? Um, and so it, it's interesting. There are times where they are very open about it, and there's it's interesting that there's times where they're like, yeah, Zemo's back in play, and we're not telling you if or when that's coming back. Like, it, it's 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 fascinating. And it's sort of, you you look at it, and it's like, I guess this is just, Marvel Studios is like a black box, and we can try to guess... We can try to, we can guess what's in the black box as much as we want, but ultimately, we only know what the black box spits out. The balls of this studio, man! My goodness, <laughs> <laughs> I got some big cojones. Yeah, really. Yeah, so I, it, yeah, it, it feels like they're just setting up a whole other universe. So I'm excited to see what happens. But it's not a whole other universe. It's 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 one. It's all one universe. Well, I guess it, unless they do multiverse, which it'll be, it'll be multiverses. They're setting up multiverses, mm-hmm. right? And right. and different timelines with Loki. But don't worry, it's all still connected. This is so chaotic. It's kind of fun. It's kind oh, of fun. I'm having a blast. There's there's all there's part of me that that wonders like 
do I do I like watching the MCU or do I just like talking about the MCU? <laughs> because the MCU as a as a project as a franchise is fascinating. Oh yeah, but completely. I don't know. I I, I I've been a little bit let down by a couple by the last two things. <laughs> you you still liked them? Come on. I did. I did. Well, I you know, we'll we'll just. We'll just come back. We'll come back for Loki. We'll do another one for Loki. Yeah, we're gonna like this one the most. I kind of, I kind of think you're right. Um, all right, we got to end this. How do you want to wrap this up? Oh, I thought that was the ending. Okay. We didn't. I feel like we didn't talk about Bucky enough. Bucky's so good. There's nothing to say. I, I mean, we touched on it. We said we like Bucky, and we said, um, or at least I said that I think maybe his story took a little bit of a backseat. His whole redemption arc thing. Kind of took a bit of yeah. a back seat, and I kind of didn't like that. I kind of wish they'd focus more on that. I, I almost wonder if the show should have been just about Sam, and he had and he had a cameo. I don't know. Yeah, I I do like the I do like to see how much like the shield meant to Bucky and everything when he's talking about like if Steve didn't believe in you, that means they didn't believe in me. Like oh, I, d- I did like those I parts am, a lot. I am so glad you brought that up. That was another thing that freaking annoyed me that was another oh, thing boy. where it's like it's too on the nose like like when they when they're talking with the therapist and he and he's like because you know because if 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 steve was wrong about you then it means he was wrong about me like that that line is like that that is that is making the subtext text like i, I like I, I think no person who's that like upset and in that moment has has like the self-awareness to realize that they're projecting onto another person like like it's just like that's another line where i felt like it's too on the nose like no human being is that self like what should have happened is they should have been arguing about it and like the therapist should have chimed in and said like no 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 no. here's what bucky what you're doing is like that's you know, I don't, or 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 Sam should have realized it. Like, I don't know. I just, I just, it, that felt that felt unrealistic to me. It felt, it, again, it felt like it, it felt like that's the kind of thing that should be subtext, and instead they just fucking said it out loud. Like, it just, I don't know. It just, it just annoyed me. I bought it. I bought it. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got to be done. I got to be, I got to be done talking about criticism i gotta be done talking about things that are things that annoy me gotta gotta be positive gotta be positive looking looking forward to the future looking forward to loki